gentlemen, Brandy J's podcast, a voice to be reckoned with, would like to thank you for making the right choice in choosing a podcast that moves a nation. And now, here she is in five, four, three, two, one. Hey there, everybody. You guys are here already? You're pretty early, aren't you? So, you guys waiting for our special guest, huh? Stacy Toy. Yeah, I'm excited to have her here. A little nervous, you know? You know, I used to get those sweaty palms, and uh, I, I think they're back again. Well, hey, for the most part, I hope she enjoys it here. Daisy has a very powerful story today, too. But she's also pretty nice and laid back. And uh, I just want to make her feel comfortable at home. What do you guys think? Why are you staring at me like that? Oh, we're going down this road again. I don't even have to see my therapist anymore. So he said, sweaty palms, just don't think about it too much. And they'll go away. Thank you very much. Oh, man. Every time. Well, let me go now. She should be here soon. So guys... Don't say anything about my sweaty palms. All right. Okay. She's coming in. All right. Stacy Toy, welcome to the show. Voice to be reckoned with the next level. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to my show. This is Brandy J. Singleton, a voice to be reckoned with. Today I have here with me the lovely Stacey's Toy. She's COO and producer. Um, amazing and beautiful, by the way. Stacy, are you uh-huh. there? Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Me too. Thank you for wanting to come on. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. You're an amazing woman when I first talked to you. So I'm like, of course I want to be on this girl's show. I want to talk to her more. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Stacey, I know we talked before. You told me, you know, a little bit about, you know, you, you have, you know, you, you have a story and, and it's and it's amazing. And um, I would love for you to share with the listeners uh, who Stacey is. Sure. Absolutely. Um, so <clears throat> I grew up, you know, um, we weren't like poor, but we weren't even like middle class. We were like, if there's an in the middle, I guess, you know, because we didn't have a lot, but we wanted for nothing, if that makes sense. You know, we, we grew up on a farm. Um, so I always bitch and complain, though, because I'm like, you know, oh, it's because of the farm animals. I didn't get to see the ocean until I was like 16. And, you know, so now it's more just a joke. But I'm seriously, I was really mad at the animals and, and bailing hay and, you know, all that kind of stuff for a very long time because I didn't get to see the ocean like all my friends did. Um, <clears throat> But anyway, so um, with my parents not being able to, um, you know, afford to allow me just to go and do what I want, um, they were like, you have to figure out how to do things a different way. So uh, I, you know, that meant scholarships and and really focusing on school and stuff. And so, um, you know, I did really well. I went away to college and um, I ended up at Oxford University um, over in England. And, you know, I also was hiding the secret for a few years from high school into college um, that I was a secret uh, opioid addict. I had been taking like 70 to 100 Vicodin a day 
and I know it's like normal people should probably die on that stuff, but to me, it like gave me energy and and all this stuff. Um, and for a few years, I was like, you know, gradually going up from like 10 a day to 20 a day, you know, to 30 a day. And so, I mean, it was, it was like, I, it was insane. Um, so that was, you know, 17 years ago, um, this fall that I finally like faced everything. And, um, you know, my parents, essentially I, I had everything in the world and then it was ripped out from underneath me. <clears throat> um, and it was only like my parents were the only people who were like on my side and, and helping with the positivity and, you know, pushing me and um, are the reason why I am right now. So as time went on, you know, I ended up having my two children who are now going to be 16 and 14. Um, I married my husband after um, he got out of the Navy <clears throat> um, and after we had our children um, and my husband and I, I've known him since we were, you know, five years old. He grew up a mile down the road. We went to school together, graduated together. Um, you know, we weren't high school sweethearts, but we were best friends growing up. And then, you know, when he came home from the Navy, I'm like, oh, I love him in in uniform, you know? <laughs> um, and so, um, you know, with time, his PTSD and depression and all that from getting out of the military and not being able to find a job and all this stuff really started to play a toll on him. And on Veterans Day in 2011, 11, 11, 11, um, he died from a heroin overdose. Um, he never was the guy who did, you know, intravenous drugs or anything like that. But, um, you know, he was just trying to find some relief. It was an accidental one. Um, and I ended up finding out the person who shot him up um, and essentially killed him. And, um, you know, a few months went by because he was in, he ended up going to prison for something else. And I picked him up. I, well, I got in touch with him through Facebook. I sent him a private message and said, when, you know, when you get out, I want to talk to you. He messaged me back. Um, I told him I would pick him up the next day for lunch. Um, and I picked him up at the halfway house that he was in. And I basically told him, you know, I had been here before. Um, I wanted to make something good come from something bad. And, you know, if he became the husband to his wife and the father to his two sons that my husband can no longer be, um, I told him I would help him and I'd forgive him. Um, and so for probably eight or nine months after that, like I literally, um, you know, helped him to get himself back on his feet, get his jobs. Um, even when he was working, you know, the littlest things like in the cold winters and stuff, like I would pick him up from work to take him back to the halfway house. Um, you know, it's just so he didn't have to walk and, and be able to talk to him. And he would call me, you know, I never gave him money or any of that kind of stuff, but, um, you know, I, I helped him. I gave him a Bible. I gave him, you know, time, like minutes on his phone and stuff so that he could call and all that. Um, and so he was shooting 50 plus bags a day of heroin at the time um, of, you know, my husband's uh, passing. And he was, you know, selling it. He was doing all the stuff. <clears throat> and um, he is now nine, almost at the end of this year, it'll be nine years clean. Um, he got his family back. He got, you know, he has a job. He has his own business. He's doing very well. Um, and there was four guys. It was him, my husband, and two other friends. Um, and he is now the only one. He was the worst of them all, and he is now the only one left alive. Um, all the other ones died from addiction. Um, and Stefan, he's a, he's a good friend now, and, you know, I'm really proud of him. Um, but, yeah, like, the biggest thing that you could do is just try to make something good come from something bad, you know? And so 
that whole story is, um, you know, it's, geez, it's 17 years in the making now to come full circle at the end of this year. Um, but it's definitely one um, that I'm very proud of. And someone is currently writing um, a film based on that. Uh, and I'm really excited about that as well. So I'm hoping that it could really, you know, save somebody's life or, or help somebody, especially just even to get a new positive outlook um, on things in, in their life with the opioid crisis going on. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's my story. Uh, and in the process, I just seem to end up making some really cool films that are on streaming platforms and stuff now too. So, <laughs> wow. That's a very, very, very powerful story, especially, you know, you being able to use your, for, you know, your forgiveness towards, you know, the, uh, the guy that, uh, shot him up and you got to help him you know like you just said you took the situation and you made it you used it for for good you know? yeah I mean the cool thing is is I've now proven um that the only thing more powerful than addiction is love and forgiveness and not only did I prove it but it sustained itself I mean I literally haven't seen that guy um, in probably two years or so, but he makes sure to text me every year to tell me how grateful he is. Like every few months, he'll just thank me just to tell me how grateful he is to have this life, even now, um, you know, and it's like, I, that's, you know, people have no idea. They think, oh, just go to rehab. Oh, just do this, I'll just do this. Or, you know, and I lost my husband, you know, and it's, it's, it's a mental outlook then too, because everyone told me, oh, you need to put him in prison. You're crazy if you're gonna forgive him. And it's like, dude, he's already been to prison. You know, he's already been there. That's like a second home to him. And so it's not gonna change him or whatever. Like I walked in there fully, fully ready for him to tell me to go F myself. You know, because forgiveness isn't for the other person. It's it's for you, really. You know, so it was like, I'm going to walk here and I'm going to try. But if he tells me to get the heck out, like, I was totally okay with just walking right back out, too, and being like, I tried, you know, but I and I could sleep well at night. Um, I really didn't expect this outcome, and I'm thrilled because, you know, even though he took my husband's life from ours unintentionally of course like I'm not this isn't like a murder for hire or anything it was just an accidental overdose but he unintentionally did that but I was able to give him a life that he's never even experienced before you know because he grew up with a uh, Hells Angels father and he was tossed around all around the country because his dad was trying to kill his mom as, you know when he was growing up and so it's like he's never known anybody to really like care enough you know and it's like somebody comes in because I remember he said he goes you know you're the one person who's supposed to hate me and you're the only person willing to help me and I'm like yeah I know man I totally get it because like my parents were the only ones there for me and you apparently don't have any and I didn't know that at the time but it's like you just need somebody to believe in you it just took one person for me and you know it's like it's it could only take one person for somebody else and, and you know and it's like I just ended up proving it so that's Yep. awesome <laughs> exactly because you know we all need need that you know at some point and that's how you know it should be more like that in the world you know that we live in now it's like mm -hmm. we all at some point are gonna need somebody and and we always say that we have we're we always say these good things and we're, we have faith and all that stuff and then when it's time for it to kick in and to show to show it it's like you know people are, you're right that's when it matters the most i mean everybody can you know, copy and paste a, a, a nice Facebook message. And, you know, of course, I, I love a good positive Facebook message. But it's like when it comes to really, you know, putting 
your 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 feet to the pavement in real life um it takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of failure and it takes a lot of you know you know just being kind of a leader and stepping up and being like i don't care what anybody says and i'm gonna take that risk and you i don't care if you call me a you know an idiot later but at least i'm gonna try and i tried and now every single person who told me that is friends with uh that person and i think that's awesome you know but it's like at the end of the day i'm just like i told you he was gonna be okay you know <laughs> so what courage looks like yeah well <laughs> you got to because if you don't like other people won't step up and do it too but there's a difference between courage and stupidity too i mean it's a fine line most of the yeah, time but, but you know and so uh, like the you know i'm all for it and i don't even want to like touch too much on what's going on in the world today because it's so sad but like when the headlines in atlanta are like do not burn down your own house like that's not that's not courage that's stupidity you know what i mean like <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. That's stupidity. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so that, that's the only example I could think of right now, just off the top of my head. <laughs> like, where are you going to live now? <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. And then, you know, you're going to have to pay taxes for all of that, which is when you go back to work. So it's like, why why even do all that? You know, it's just like, you're going to get tired. <laughs> so unless you got a hotel room, like for the next, you know, couple months or whatever, like, I don't know. Just to me, it's like, that's an awful lot of work <laughs> for, for an awful lot of nothing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it shouldn't put, it shouldn't put you in the negative that much. <laughs> you know, like sometimes, you know, you're going to have to take the shirt off your back and that's going to be okay. But like, if you're going to destroy your own house, that's just pushing it too far. <laughs> yeah. And it's not even affecting anybody else. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> The only person who's going to be mad about it is you and your family, you know, like, and good luck with your insurance company. <laughs> no mercy. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Oh, I mean, it's, it's, it's good to be able to, I was just telling someone earlier to still be able to, to smile or laugh, you know what I mean? To mm -hmm. during any type of hard time, you know, that it's okay. I try to tell. That's why I do TikTok sometimes for people because I'm like, it's still okay to laugh and smile just for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, no. <laughs> well, I like your positivity and um, you know, your what you you know your experience and everything, and how you took that and you just uh, just very strong and very positive. We need more like you. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> it definitely hurt, but it feels so much better being on this side of it, you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. everybody should just remember that this side of things, it's like, it's almost sad though, because I'm, I'm excited, um, you know, especially with all of the stuff that I've done since, you know, my, even my own addiction. And it's like with all of these setbacks, you know, and, and all these things, it should have pulled me back, you know, farther um, but instead, I, I have already, like, done all of the major goals and things I wanted to do, you know, before, like, usually, like, around when I was, like, 35 or something, and I'm 36 now, so it's, like, everything on, you know, everything is extra, which is, which is awesome, you know, and it's, like, you cool. just gotta have that mentality, you know, honestly, you gotta have a setback in order to have a comeback, it's basic rules of football, and it's basic rules in life, you know, and it's, like, so, when you're getting pulled back and they always say, oh, it's because you're going to get launched forward. It really is true. Just just like, you know, that's where you got to learn patience. And, you know, it's like things are going to be terrible for a little bit. 
they're gonna be and then like before you even it's like in the blink of an eye I look back and it was like 17 years ago that it was for me I can't believe that my husband is gone you know nine years already I've never remarried I've never even you know really dated or anything like that um, I've just wanted to be a mother and you know run the business and and all that kind of stuff and you know that's what I've been doing and I'm just I'm just a strong-headed <laughs> woman I guess but you know it's nice to not need people it's nice to be able to want people and have them in your life you know when it's time so my kids get that right now and you know those are the kinds of moves that I feel are that I'd rather be you know praised for and whatnot is just because those you know those are the things that you know you don't put in your resume or you don't really tell people about and stuff but um you know it was like you know when people choose to be a mother and and a business person instead of you know their personal life and whatnot it's like you know i don't know it just makes me kind of happy because then if I, anybody comes in and plus my kids are going to be you know 16 and 14 at the end of the year and it's like you know in just three or four years they're both going to be out of here you know and in college and whatnot and i could you know start my life over then so i'll i won't i'll be 39 just turning 40 when they're both out of the house so it's like well it is good i started early then isn't it <laughs> okay. you, you know that's like the 18 or something like that. no no i wasn't i was 20 <laughs> i was 20 i made it i was i wasn't a teen mom but you know just barely <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right you know so <laughs> i just turned 40 well not just but 41 so oh girl you look good i saw you on your facebook you look good so <laughs> <laughs> just a little cranks here and there you know like oh i guess i dropped it too low too fast too fast <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah no i could totally tell the weather better than the weatherman you know just <laughs> back and when I get up in the morning so and I'm only 36 so I totally get it and I was like nope they're dropping it like it's hot like oh man no I went I went to a party last weekend on the lake and they like pull the boats up to like the sand and all of these girls it was so funny my friends and I from high school got together and we were over here in, in one side and we're like okay we're officially the oldest people here at this party and you know like nobody's nobody on our side's wearing a bikini anymore and everybody on the other side is wearing all the bikinis and I'm just they're like oh look at these girls and I'm like no no let them have it because they only got it for another like year or two before a coast starts to go away you know <laughs> let them have it um but yeah now it's <laughs> like i i can't even drop it like it's hot my friends that were the only time they were like they decided they were gonna drop it was when they had to pop a squat like on the corner and go to the bathroom in the water you know i was like that was it can't do it anymore so we'll just sit here you know and i don't even i don't even you know drink anymore or anything like that so i'm just sitting there you know i'm i'm told i have a vape pen that was about it i was like this is still fun you know, because I like watching everybody and like looking at it all. And I'm just like, oh, my youth, <laughs> you know, like my grandmother was right. The youth or the youth is wasted on the young, she would say. And I'm like, oh, I get it now. You know, they're over there playing volleyball and I could barely stand up because <laughs> a, front, a storm front's coming in. So, yeah. <laughs> well, it's going to rain tonight, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm just going to sit over here and watch everybody. Yeah, that's my job. <laughs> so. Yes. <laughs> like good thing I'm quick with my mouth you know it's not always PC but I'm quick and it is funny so you know I'm like I'll just be over here you know making the bad jokes so <laughs> that's my new job at a party is sitting in the corner making bad jokes that's right next to you <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
That's hilarious. Well, okay. Well, I see that. Um, so your current, your current. Okay, so what I want to touch on real quick. So there's a project in the making of your um the story your story. Yep. Okay, so that's pretty awesome. I'm excited. Do you know and what about that? That's gonna um be like set in most like ready and. Um, I'm not sure yet, but I am working with a writer, and oh my gosh, like she's absolutely incredible, and she's from a uh, very prominent um, family in Hollywood, which you know makes me excited. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of people that um, you know verbally are attached that I'm now friends with, you know, celebrity-wise that I can't even talk about, which I hate because. It's not like a thing that I can announce yet, but I'm just like, you know, if you're going to, if I, I figured if I'm going to live through this, we're going to do it big. And, you know, I've met an awful lot of celebrities and, um, you know, people in music because I do attend like the Grammy Awards every year I have for the last seven years now. Um, <clears throat> so it's like all of these networking events and all of these people and, and working with films and working with both musicians and actors and, you know, celebrities, all these kinds of every kind of aspect that you can imagine, the PR people, the marketing people, um, you know, and and my besides that, you know, um, my office, while it's our production studios, we have like a 14,000 square foot production studio in, in the Pocono Mountains in Pennsylvania. Um, and then we have associate offices in uh, Los Angeles, Atlanta, Orlando, and London. Um, so working with all these different people and all this stuff, like, you know, I'm lining everything up and I'm going to pull out all the stops, you know, and all the asks and, and um, all of the people uh, for this. So I'm really kind of excited. And I've already, you know, spoken to some major studios about this. Um, and yeah, it's, it's definitely... Once it gets written, uh, which could take probably about another year or so until we're good. And then, um, you know, hopefully right after that we can start filming because we do have um, investors and all that. So that's cool. Um, in the meantime, while we're, right, while we're waiting for all of that, um, <clears throat> I currently have um, a horror film, which is 100 Acres of Hell. Um, it stars WWE superstar Gene Snitsky and... Clerks and uh, View Askew, Kevin Smith movie fame, Ernie O'Donnell. Um, and that's now on Amazon, um, like Voodoo, iTunes, Google Play, PlayStation. It's on like 32 different platforms. Um, so that's currently there. Um, oh, and, <laughs> and I know it's it's actually a really cool one. And the, and the cool fun backstory about that is like what my dad, with growing up, my dad always said, you know, nobody's going to come and knock on your door here in rural Pennsylvania um, because, you know, you got to go out and get it. If you're going to go out and do anything, you got to go out and get it, you know, and earn it. So um, it was really cool because we shot like, man, almost like a half of the film in my backyard on my parents' property um, because, you know, we have a bunch of acres. We have like 60 acres. Um, so we shot a half the film. And so everybody had to come here. Um, for a few days and you know it's just it's just like one of those full circle moments like you you know you have somebody telling you okay you got to go out and get it because nobody's going to come here and then all of a sudden you have an entire Hollywood production in your backyard and it's now on Amazon you know and it's like my parents you know they're in the credits and you know so it was really cool for them to see all of that stuff play out um, and everything too 
Um, I love documentaries and we're currently working with Clarence Spady is his name. Um, he's been dubbed the future of blues. And for the last 35 to 40 years, he's been playing with everybody from BB King to Eric Clapton. Um, you know, he's opened for the Supremes and the Temptations. Um, you know, he's, he's oh, absolutely incredible. He's Grammy nominated. Um, <clears throat> he lost that year to BB King. So it's not like, you know, I mean, they pick five the Grammy, you know, and, and to have him lose to B.B. King out of being one of the five, I mean, it's incredible. Um, he's got an amazing song out that's uh, called Just Between Us. Uh, if you ever look it up, I mean, that song is just incredible. I was listening to it on my way out to the Grammys this year um, before we even knew we were going to start filming his documentary. Um, and when I got, I was just like, oh, I could see myself dancing with my husband again in my head. It was just one of those like love songs that you just are like, oh my gosh, you know, they just bring memories right to your head. Um, and that's that song. And so when we came back and we met with them, um, it was, and it's ironic. I mean, life <clears throat> works out this way. There's no such thing as coincidence, but he um, was a recovering uh, heroin addict and he had just lost his son a few months prior um, in November of last year to, um, an overdose. And it was like, I lost my husband in November, you know, to an overdose like years ago. And I'm, you know, a recovered addict myself. So it's like, it was super cool. And to be able to, it, to still be able to help him to kind of get his new platform and to tell a story. Um, and then, you know, I, I called in, you know, a few favors, like when I worked from with uh, Matthew Knowles, Beyonce's dad, a few years ago, um, he got me in touch with Angelo Ellerby, who's an amazing publicist, um, and he agreed to, you know, help with this, and um, he represents all of Motown, Michael Jackson, Mary J. Blige, you know, Alicia Keys runs DMX's label, like he is incredible, um, and he is excited to have Clarence, you know, start to, you know, you're going to start hearing about him way more because of, you know, um, of just people like him so um yeah that one is gonna probably be you know we we film and and we're getting all this stuff together and and whatnot and uh so that should be you know we should be finished with that hopefully by the spring of next year so that's an exciting you know fun project for me to tell right now and of course all the commercials and everything else because we've done commercials for toyota for um you know the super bowl We've done commercials for the Paralympic Games. Um, you know, we've won like 13 American Advertising Awards and, you know, for our work. And so, yeah, I mean, dude, we're just excited. Like, there's so much stuff that, you know, comes at you at different times and at all different angles. And um, my team just kills it. They do every single time. So, yay, 25-8 Studios. And it's 25-8 because 24-7 just isn't enough time. <laughs> yeah, that's my business partner's business i've only i've um he started it it'll be 10 years ago in in august um and i only joined as you know i said business you know my my business partner and and a coo that only just happened about five years ago so he entrusted me and you know he's he's one of my best friends and you know he's taught me a lot he's the reason why i'm a producer because he told me i was a producer and i only knew what a tv uh, or a uh, a news producer was and it's totally different from a film producer so once he explained to me what a film producer was and he actually like hired me as one and we worked together and it was great i was like oh my gosh yes you're right i am a, i am a film producer like i had no idea you know it's so funny so i have to thank him for for my 
whole career change, really. <laughs> That's really awesome. Oh my goodness, I'm, I'm completely, I'm, I'm really blown away by, um, um, I'm trying to remember that I'm the host of the show. <laughs> you know, like, so I'll be listening, I'm like, wow, and I'm like, ready, you know, because <laughs> pretty, pretty cool. And I'm, I'm listening, and then I also have, um, you know, I'm a horror fan. Mm-hmm. Big time. <laughs> oh, good. Well, yeah. um, Eileen Dietz is also in it. Eileen Dietz is in the beginning. She was Linda Blair's um, double for like the pea soup scene and is the reason why she didn't get her Academy Award, <laughs> you know, because she did all of the, the good scenes. Um, and so Eileen's in there. She's fantastic. She's one of my very dear friends. Um, you know, and it's funny because when I was out at the Grammys in January, I was over her house and um, I told her, I said, listen, you terrorized me when I was a kid and I'm in your, in my house and now I'm here in your house and I'm going to terrorize you when I was in LA, <laughs> you know, and it's like so funny. Um, everything that, you know, I remember as a kid and stuff is, is God, it's so insane to me just how you could just call them up now or they're calling me or we're working together or I just know them, you know, and it's like. Holy crap, you know, it's really cool when life works out that way too. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty pretty amazing. You have a, a a good um I am I'm actually while I'm talking to you, I was looking at um I was looking at the, the hundred acres of uh mm-hmm. you know, staring at it too and I'm, I'm like pretty excited by watching it. <laughs> yeah, it is it is a really good film. Like, you know, and I'm not even just saying that. And trust me, I wanted to like put it like up against something as a target and just shoot it for many years because this has taken you know like four years to from start to finish from when we were filming it until it just came out last October um right before Halloween so it was like it was years (laughs) it was just oh I just wanted to kill it and I wanted to hate it and I wanted to stomp on it and forget about it forever and then it came out and then it's like all these people love it and I'm like oh yeah that was my hard work and then like at the end you know of the film because it was in select theaters across the country and and in the UK um like at the end of it it has you know our 25-8 logo and all that and it's like whoa we did this you know and like you see your name in the credits I don't know it's just it's really like a cool moment especially when everybody else appreciates it but it is great and if you're a wrestling fan the um the bad guy was uh Samu Anawahi and Afa Anawahi Jr., which are the Rock's cousins. And Samu and uh they were like the head shrinkers in the WWE and you know, Afa and Sika were their, you know, their parents. Um they sold out Madison Square Garden like twenty-three times, you know, and they were like the first family to ever sell it sell it out and stuff. And so there's this huge, you know, fight scene. Um, and like Afa and Samu, like when you see the, and Gene Snitsky too, when you see them like, you know, flipping off onto cars and whatnot, like this was not a set, like this was a legit car graveyard. Like nobody's touched these things since like the Mm sixties and you know, like they're just flipping and no, like in the smashing the cars. And it's just like, Oh my gosh, like it was real. And then they have this big showdown, um, you know, between Samu and, and it's in front of this big fire and it is, it's actually a really intense like fight scene and all like, I was really impressed with how everything was shot, how it came out. I think the quality is great. So, I mean, I'm excited about, you know, that product and stuff. I mean, 
it's it's so fun and it really started my career it was my first like real feature film um and right after i got done filming that <clears throat> i mean essentially i got hired for 100 acres as the pr person and a week on set just because i have a natural curiosity my questions ended up leading unknowingly to firing somebody and then <laughs> the guys are like hey would you be the production manager and I'm like okay what's that they're like you're in charge of everything and I'm like wait you guys know this is like my first week on set and they're like yeah I know but we think you can do it so I'm like okay and I ordered filmmaking for dummies that right as I said yes and I was like you know quick 24-hour delivery and I start, I was like, well, I have an opportunity and I got filmmaking for dummies. So let's see what this does. You know, like, why not? Um, and who knew it was going to, who was going to lead to, you know, my, a different career path that I never foresee, like foresaw coming. Um, and I'm really excited about it. So it's like, that's the movie that started it all. Um, and then my second thing right after that, uh, right after I was filming with that um, Academy Award winning producer and director Robert May um, he asked me to be his co-producer and we went down to Haiti and there was only a crew of five it was me him um, Craig Braden who's an amazing DP um, and his camera assistant Kevin Provost and then Mark was our um, our audio guy and so that was the entire crew and we went down and filmed a documentary um, and once it debuted uh, that we went down in July <clears throat> and um, when it debuted in October of that same year in 2016, um, it, within 20 minutes, it raised something like $2 million or whatever. And in less than a year, like the kids down there got school, housing, clean water, internet, you know, computers, you know, I mean, everything they can imagine. It was an orphanage. Um, I mean, self-sustaining agriculture, like 14 acres, security, like, wow, it was, it was incredible. Um, so that's why I really started going towards the documentaries because I love to give a voice, you know, to people who wouldn't have otherwise have been heard. Yeah. That's why I was in news for almost 11 years. I worked for, you know, every major network pretty much, um, in 47 countries I worked, um, and I directed America's highest rated local newscast in the country for like I said, almost 11 years. So um, I even worked like the Olympics in 2012 in London and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I've been around. I've, yeah. I've done an awful lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I've been, my parents are like, you got to be a hustler almost, you know what I mean? But you got to do it the right way. Like I've never, you know, I don't sleep with people just to get ahead. That's one thing I'm very proud to say. Like I haven't, it's so funny when I'm at the Grammys, I'm always like, I haven't slept with anybody to be here. How many of you can say that? You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, no, I mean, it's just really cool that people actually like respect you and you know, it's like, it works if you actually put your foot down exactly. and, and you know, yep. and are decent because people have put me in situations and stuff and I just try to awkwardly and funnily try to get out of them or I just get the heck out of them and you know remember and tell somebody and just be like don't even you know go near them like I'm just yeah. I'm not that kind of person so it's just but hey you know not, there's not enough of them because now it's like too many people know me um, and respect me and so there are too many people I think who would like there are people who won't even try it again because they're just like no you know too many people and I'm like oh that's a great <laughs> thing then that's a good thing you know so because people will believe me like for once my word means something it's incredible <laughs> 
see what happens if you do the right thing. <laughs> That's right. It doesn't always work like this, but you know, I had a lot of failure though, and a lot of people like you know tell me no, and or you know, definitely it took it took a long time. Don't forget, it took a long time, but you know, we're here <laughs> to to the to the guests, I guess. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. My first, middle, and last name was no, no, and no for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But that's that's good, though, that that you can, like, you know what it, you have that feeling because you know all you've been through and how hard it was. And so it, you know, it wasn't, it didn't come easy and you didn't make it easy to, you know, to fall into certain things so you can get what you wanted, you know? So it means so much more to you. You know, because you, yeah, yeah, you can't take it away from me because I earned it, you know, and it's like it is success is the best revenge, it really, really is (laughs) for sure. For sure, wow, the, the woman that does and that has done so much. Voting isn't just going to the polls on election day anymore, options like early voting, mail in voting, and ballot drop boxes are available to more voters and are growing in popularity. How to Vote, a tool created by Democracy Works, breaks down the options your state offers for casting a ballot, empowering you to decide when and where to vote. Democracy works best when we all vote, but misinformation and confusion about election procedures have resulted in low voter turnout. How to Vote, a tool created by Democracy Works, takes the guesswork out of the voting process. How to Vote is easy to use and helps folks from all over the country overcome many of the process barriers to voting. Democracy Works is committed to helping you vote no matter what. Their tool, How to Vote, does just that. And these are some examples. You can sign up for election reminders, see what's on your ballot, get step-by-step assistance requesting your ballot, Explore your options for returning your voted mail ballot. Check your voter registration status. Find your polling site and make sure you have the appropriate ID. Listen up. Decide when and where you'll vote this year at howto.vote. Yes, decide when and where you'll vote this year at howto.vote. Dot vote, please. Go check this out now. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was looking at it. I want to be like Toy when I grow up. This is Toy. Yeah, but I want, I want to grow up to just like you. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, <laughs> watch what, watch what part you mean and what you say, because you don't need to. <laughs> I had, I was meeting with a pastor over in the UK, right? And he's like, well, I Googled you and he's an older man. And I'm like, oh shoot, you know? Cause like Stacey and Toy come together and a lot of porn, you know? <laughs> and a lot of, <laughs> so it's like Stacey's toy, you know? And all this, and I'm just like, so whenever people say they Googled me and stuff, I'm always like, okay, well just what part? And did you make sure that you opened it to double check that I am not in those videos? <laughs> Right, just don't go ahead and assume it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Well, you can, but I mean, there's, you know, but it's like, oh, here's a pastor because we were 
we're doing a documentary um, eventually. Uh, it got put on hold, obviously, because of COVID. Um, but over working with the Queen's Charity in England, um, and uh, you know, it, it, essentially because of their homeless situation, um, I also got my alma mater, Oxford, uh, on board, and we've had some meetings and stuff um, to use some of the, you know, uh, uh, some of our filming and all of that kind of stuff for research purposes and all that kind of stuff. Um, but essentially, they want to use it for like a PR campaign against homelessness for the country and. You know, we want to do a documentary. Um, you know, we uh, I even called in some people uh, to do some music for it, like Roger Daughtry and The Who, <laughs> since it is based, you know, in Bur- Birmingham. So all of this different stuff is, um, you know, also in the works and whatnot. But it was funny because when I was over there last year to have the original meeting with, you know, the one um, pastor who own or is like on the board of the nonprofit, um, and he's an older gentleman, but he is very well respected and kind of like the one that everyone looked towards. So it was like, oh, I Googled you, Miss Toy. And I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, what did you find? I read this could be good. And I, well, I even said to him, I'm like, all due respect. <laughs> you know, Stacy and Toy could go together in a lot of different things. So I hope that you looked at the good websites and you just started laughing. So I'm like, okay, well, that's good. You know, at least if I acknowledge it right from the start. <laughs> so there you go. Watch when you Google my name. But, you know, hey, if you're an adult and over 18, feel free to go look at the other Stacy and their toys, you know? <laughs> right. You know, I was looking for you and I ran into the most... Uh... <laughs> yep. Hey, man, whatever floats your boat. Because if anything else, that'll just make you happier when you call me. Because I'll be second on your you know <laughs> so you're all like would you ever get to my page uh, oh I forgot I'm sorry I got distracted <laughs> right there you go you know maybe I should just put a note my own google link for my own name you know just like make one up <laughs> just so I can send people the right stuff no but I mean it's it's a fun thing just if you're married watch out because you know you don't want your wife looking up Stacy toy and you know finding Stacy's <laughs> toy on a different site you know it's it is a problem right. No matter what, she's not gonna be like, oh, no, I swear. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? Because it's like, whose last name's Toy? My last name is legit Toy. The toys were from Cornwall, England, man. Like we were tin miners. We came from there. <laughs> we're on monuments over there. It's, but that's why when I got married, I told my husband, I'm like, you need to change your last name because nobody remembers my first name, but everybody remembers my last name. So. <laughs> Oh, it does stand out, and I was like, but when I when I saw it, I thought it was like, it's, I thought it was like really like different, like cute. I was like, oh, that's a cute name, Stacy Toy. <laughs> yeah, and then my one attorney called me yesterday, actually while I was doing another podcast, and he's just like, I just wanted to tell you, it's like, you know, when I talked, I I connected him to my entertainment attorney in Atlanta, and he's like, every every time somebody references you, it's not just Stacy, it's Stacy Toy. He's like, it's not. You know, like, it's always your whole name. He's like, even when your attorney was down there going, Stacy Toy, and when Stacy Toy did it, and then Stacy Toy, and he's like, <laughs> it's, and he's like, and then he connected me to another attorney of his, and he was like, oh, yes, I've never, you know, met Stacy Toy, but I do know Stacy Toy. And he's like, everyone calls you Stacy Toy. He's like, <laughs> like, oh, I'm sorry. It's like, you know, he just rolls off the tongue. It's kind of like Dave Grohl, you know what I mean? Like, you're just <laughs> You're never going to not say it. You're just going to call him by his first name, you know? It's like, it's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so. <laughs> so. 
Well, <laughs> well, I see here. Cause I'm gonna ask you, but because it seems like you well, you've always been in like a like TV, like film TV. You know, I guess because before was your, your, the news um, career, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. like the producing and stuff came afterwards. Because this is what you basically ventured out. This was your, when you went to school, right? You were into um, like broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually went to school to be a journalist, like, on TV. Um, And then after doing my internships at um, ABC stations, uh, I I was like, ah, it's like eight hours of work for, like, two minutes on the news. And I'm like, (laughs) I can't just sit still or even, like, you know, like, I'm just going to get worn down, like, just being in the, you know, in in the freaking courtrooms all day. Like, I just can't do it. And then just, oh, here's two minutes, you know, and it's like, that's it. So I, you know, of course, went in and started, you know, in the control room and figured out that that's where you make less money. So I'm like, yes, of course, this is where I want to end up, you know? (laughs) So, I mean, even after directing America's highest rated local newscast in the country for, you know, it's an ABC station. After almost 11 years, I was only making $27,000 a year with a master's degree. So it was like, it was an easy transition, but it's like, even in other control rooms all around the world, um, it's just the same. Whether you're making 73000 it's you know, it's because you're in New York City and, like, that's your um, cost of living and stuff like that. But so it was, like, it was still going to be, you know, basically the equivalent of 27000 a year if I was just, you know, if I went anywhere else. Um, so I, that's why I decided to, it wasn't that hard to kind of get out. Um, but I did, you know, I, I quit my full-time job with benefits as a single widowed mom of two uh and was like well you know if I fail I fail and I was perfectly content going back and working at McDonald's if I needed to like just to take care of my family but I also knew that I was just going to take this jump and leap and figure something out and uh you know I had a couple months to do it to be able to pay my bills and stuff like that and it just all worked out. Like it all just kind of lined itself up and, you know, so it's weird how life works out, but you got to give yourself that shot, you know, at least to give it a try. And I figured if I failed, at least I tried, you know? And like I said, I can work my way back up. That's not an issue. And I have no problem, you know, working and doing what I got to do for my kids, but I needed to give it a shot for me, you know, and, and have all odds against me because that just seems how it works out better. You know, it's like, let's just, you know, you know just do the craziest stuff that you can imagine you know and this is the stupidest situation to ever be in to ever want to do this but of course that's you know when I decide to do things so (laughs) I just don't work like a normal human (laughs) it makes sense to me you know definitely especially you know I think for some people you know they I don't know they seem to when with something that we're we dream of or it's a passion of ours we want to try it so it sounds crazy to somebody else and we're like mm-hmm. and in my head I'm thinking like but isn't this what I'm supposed to do like don't you have anything you like you just wanted to do like and was passionate about or like yeah right like, if the answer is no like you got to feel sorry for him man because it's yeah. like wow life kind of got you I guess huh <laughs> yeah yeah I mean that's because that's how I'm to this day I'm still kind of looked at uh, when my when my podcast, you know, like no one, t- I still don't think they take me seriously. Uh, you know, ah, the like, hell with them. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm real this time. I'm like the hell because I'm not having any more. Con- I tried with 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 my sister one more time. I said, you know what? 
I'm never gonna try try again with her. It's just, she'll just probably catch on one day when I'm actually. She sees, you know, as it grows and grows, you know, like my son's grandmother. She, uh, <laughs> funniest thing, she used to. She finally started listening to my to my show, and she called me. She said she was very impressed, and she did not expect what what she heard. Cause she would just see me at the. She'd come to the door sometimes, and I went to the door like a microphone in my hand or something. I'm like, I can't yeah. I'm on an interview. I can't talk right now. She's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What are they doing? <laughs> what now, like, what? Are, you know? And I'm thinking in my head, like, I've got some shit going on up in here. I don't know what you guys are thinking. This is not no game. But then she was like really impressed to see that I really had something going and this is something that I, I I worked on myself and I I know my, my show isn't like the shit or anything. Yeah. I love it. That's fantastic. But see that's the thing too is if people actually took the time to even just see like your first podcast, even if it was the shittiest thing that you ever imagined, you still did it. You know, and nobody could say anything because nobody else has done it. But you're right, everyone else, you know, they look at you because it's not you. You know, and they'll never understand because it's not you. Um, and if they're your real friends, they stick around. And if they don't, then, you know, sometimes the garbage takes itself out. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so you just keep going, girl. You got, I wouldn't come on this show if it was nothing. <laughs> okay. You feel even better. You just made my whole day. Made me want to go you, work harder. <laughs> use that in your promos. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, so you so you weren't just feeling sorry for me. It's like I'm playing. <laughs> no, are you kidding me? Like I'm serious. You know, like this is. I think it's fantastic that you're doing this. I think you're an amazing woman. I see your stuff on social media and stuff, and you should be really proud of yourself. You really should. Thank you so much. I don't really hear that much, but you know, I figured somewhere out there, somebody. <laughs> I appreciate you. Okay, and I'm. I'm here as a guest, but I appreciated you before I was here as a guest because once I found out who you were and I'm looking up all your stuff and, you know, listening to, to all your past, um, you know, podcasts and stuff like that, even just like flipping through them just to like kind of get an idea and whatnot. It's like, you should be very, very proud of yourself. You are, you want to be the change? You are doing that. You're doing that, <laughs> you know, like, so we just need to get your podcast out there just as much as everything else because you're going to help be part of the solution by just helping people have a more positive attitude and you know seeing people like you like that's incredible it really truly is thank you I appreciate it virtual high five bitch you got this <laughs> and I'm sorry I didn't mean to call you a bitch if you can't take you know if you, if you don't like it I mean it in the best possible way yeah <laughs> sounded good coming from you <laughs> it was like I just had that one badass moment I was just kind of rolling with it so you know. <laughs> oh that's so funny oh my goodness <laughs> I appreciate that so so much you're welcome Women empowerment. Woo. Yeah, you said it. You said it. We got to stick together, man. All boats rise with the tide. So true. Yep. <laughs> yeah, let's see. I wanted to ask you a few more because you're you're just like we're on it. I was like, I, she, I can't ask her. She she's already telling me what's going on. Yeah, sorry about that. I'm that's it's probably why I'm single. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Because then it leaves like. Those things that you, that, you, that you don't know that's coming yet, you know? Like, yeah, okay, you're making me feel better, but go ahead, bring the questions on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
no, it's nothing too crazy. Just um, just you know, just uh, okay. I'll just go ahead and ask. You. <laughs> yeah. So what's the, okay? So what's the one thing that you wish someone had told you in the beginning of your career? Anything that you wish you knew? <clears throat> um, um, that syncing is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I hate syncing audio to video, and especially when you. You're like, oh, it's easy. I could do it. But like, it's a feature film, which means there's like, you know, 48 hours of it, not more. So it takes like seven weeks, like almost seven days a week for like six to eight hours a day to get that done. So, you know, I mean, it was a learning experience for sure. But one that I probably, you know, didn't, I could have done something else with. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I would say. I hate sinking. It's cool to be a producer and to want to jump in and help any way that you possibly can. But sinking is freaking terrible and you need to pay somebody because it's worth it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. What advice would you give someone um, wanting to pursue the same career as yours or similar? Um, Well, I think honestly, first of all, just even getting, getting it... I got a really good taste of it by doing local stuff. Um, I was fortunate enough to have some people in Scranton that, you know, uh, not only were they in about, you know, female empowerment and all that kind of stuff, but we also were trying to do, uh, we essentially went a couple of of times um, and shot in one day, a short film, just in one day. Um, And then they would edit it all together but it gave you a chance you know to learn different jobs you know learn how to hold the boom um you know learn how to be a script supervisor uh learn how to be just a producer just to get everything in order uh you know <laughs> I ended up where people needed my jacket so I was part of wardrobe you know and like just uh you know making sure you get people's food I mean all that kind of stuff is is you learn um, because anybody who even tries to be a film producer, you have no, I'm still learning the stuff that is, is part of my responsibility, but it changes with each, you know, set and, and with each project, um, because a commercial is not going to have the same things as, you know, a feature film. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a whole different ball game, but you're going to have to learn. Um, but also get filmmaking for dummies. Cause clearly, you know, it, it gave me everything I needed to know. And they just came out with a new updated version. I got that. It's from last November. Um, but it's on Amazon and all that stuff. It's, it's definitely fantastic. So, um, you know, I read it. I highly recommend it. <laughs> all right. I like that. You know, you just gave me an idea. What's that? To get filmmaking for dummies? Anything <laughs> <laughs> they've got, like whatever I'm thinking about, I'm just gonna get it for shoot. Yeah, it. I collect the for dummies books. Like <laughs> I, I, I even have like the two summers ago, my dad and I just got hydroponics for dummies, and we got like bluegill fish and put it in the, you know, the things underneath, and we had a timer and. And we had hydroponics, like, in a greenhouse. Like, it was nuts. Like, and we didn't do it again the summer after that, you know? But it was like, oh, we'll just get a For Dummies book and just do stuff, like, together. So it's kind of fun. (laughs) (laughs) I rely on the For Dummies books for so much. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of cool. (laughs) Yeah, I'm hoping maybe one day I can write, like, the producer For Dummies books. Because they only do, like filmmaking for dummies and it's basically like every job in there is one that a producer has to know and everything that's in there as well so it's like but they don't have a producer for dummies so maybe one day I could just write it 
<laughs> that would be great. Yes. Throwing that out there. <laughs> Wait, look, see, that's all these ideas popping in my head, but it's not about me right now. Okay. <laughs> no, no, you write them down, girl. Say them out loud and write them down because, you know, you don't want to forget. <laughs> I'm gonna send them over to you. I'm like, hey. All right, send them over to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. Okay. So, okay, before, okay, so when, okay, yes, sorry. Where can our, your listeners, our listeners connect with you at and find everything Stacey Toy? All right. Well, uh, I'm on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn, and it's under, it's at Stacey Toy, S-T-A-C-E-Y-T-O-Y. There is a poor bunch of Stacy toys on social media that have been getting not the right podcast people <laughs> saying okay we're gonna go live in 15 or whatever right and it's not me so I apologize to all the other people named Stacy toy but don't forget there's an e in my name um and then my company is 258 studios the website is the numbers 258 studios.com and on social media and on Facebook it's 258 all spelled out one word studios uh and that's where we are <laughs> all right all right all right you heard her everybody ladies and gentlemen stacy toy in the building <laughs> Woo! thank you so much for having me <laughs> stacy on, on our way out can you please is there anything that a kind word or anything that you would like to leave especially from you signature Stacy toy statement you can give us sure um I I wrote this on uh pulse down in Orlando right after it happened um in the memorial but um uh I said love is infinite you can always make more so there you go <laughs> I like no that. excuses no excuses love is infinite and we can always make more so no excuses <laughs> I like that I like that thank you thank you so much thank you for your positivity thank you for just coming in here and killing it (laughs) (laughs) no i only did it because of you being so good too because i can only play off good vibes so (laughs) it's you too high five you (laughs) thank you so much and i would love to someday have you back again because definitely to catch up on you know the 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 future um you know projects and i definitely of course of course of course i'd love to have you on with like clarence and stuff too yeah documentary and everything and oh yeah he's got some amazing stories like just from you know touring with all of these legends you know for decades and stuff like that so yeah check out clarence spady stuff you know he comes up like on the Artie lang show on youtube and you know a bunch of stuff but yeah clarence spady is awesome (laughs) Okay. And I'll tell you exactly after I watched the movie. Yes. <laughs> tell me, say it sucked or it was okay or not. Like I, even if you tell me it was the worst thing in the world, I'll love it because you watched it. So, you know, that's totally okay. And plus when it's bad, it becomes a cult classic. So, hey, hate it all you want, you know? <laughs> I'll make more money on it if you hate it. <laughs> Look, I've had some of the best movies, some of the worst movies be good movies. You know how exactly. It's a really good bad movie then. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Try it out. Check it out because, you know, they're, they're contemplating a second one so <laughs> we'll see we'll see all right well thank you my darling thank you so much thank you thank you thank you all right everybody this was stacy toy the building and this is brandy j of voice to be reckoned with and see you soon
even though this is a presidential election, there are many more candidates on the ballot besides the president. Go to Ballot Ready for a nonpartisan guide to your entire ballot. From there, you can compare candidates based on stances on issues, biography, or endorsements, and then save your choices to use when you vote by mail or in the voting booth. You can even request your absentee ballot or make a plan to vote early or on election day. This election matters. Make sure you have a plan to vote and vote informed. This year, with changes to polling places and vote by mail laws as a result of COVID, it's more important than ever to have a plan to vote. Local elected officials affect our lives every day. They decide who to prosecute, monitor the quality of our drinking water, and choose the leadership of our schools. 30% of voters take the time to vote and then leave some part of their ballot blank. This is a missed opportunity to choose the leaders of our communities. It's okay if you're unfamiliar with some of the more local positions. We recommend hosting a ballot party, get together with friends over Zoom, split up the research and go through your ballots together. Go to BallotReady.org. Go to BallotReady.org. B-A-L-L-O-T Ready.org. Enter your address to make a plan to vote and vote informed. Go to BallotReady.org, please. This is very important that you vote and you vote informed. Thank you. Hey there, everybody. So, if you could please do me a favor and go to my messages, which you'll find in my links, and please leave a voice message. Leave comments, ask questions, and if you'd like, I can play it on the show. Or not. It's up to you. Or leave a message, and maybe we can have you on the show. But don't be surprised if I pop up in one of your inboxes with a request or a question for you. So please, please drop by my voice message box and drop a question, a message, or a request, and I'll be glad to get back to you. Thank you.